Do you have any friends, Taylor, that um, they're your buddies, they're your pals. So when you hear about all of their responsibilities at work, you're just like, oh, my gosh. I have a friend. You know what? I don't want to mention his name because uh, he just recently got a a big, huge promotion. Pretty much the president of his company. Wow. Um, But this is a guy that I like hang out with. We ride bikes together. We cut up. We we have fun. Mm -hmm. And he's like the CEO of a major company now. I'm like, (laughs) Wow. You're seriously hashtag adulting, like big time, way more yep. than I am. Yeah, <laughs> We're spending a little time talking today about how we only know the friendship side of our friends. Mm-hmm. We don't know their professional side. And there's someone like that in my and my husband Glenn's life. And I would love to see their professional side, mm. but I never probably will. Okay. So, Kev, you were talking about your friend who um, is, you know, like now the head of the company. And you just company. know him as your buddy. We have someone like that. Our, our good friend, John, we just like cut up and laugh and tell stories. And his wife is like super snarky with him, mm-hmm. which makes us laugh so hard. Okay. But he is a judge. I mean, he wears the robe. He has the gavel, the whole huh. thing. Whole nine yards. And we don't see that side of him at all because we're never going to sit in his court. At least I hope I'm never in his courtroom because it's criminal right. stuff. Yeah. You know, he's dealing with people who got sent to jail. That's funny. And uh, so I, it's just funny to picture him in that role. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy that was up for being president of the company, I said, if you want to use me as a reference when you, you know, interview for this, feel free. And he was like, mm, that's okay. <laughs> Do your kids do this to you? They stay in touch, which you love, right? They mm-hmm. didn't like ignore your text, but right. they, they stay in touch to let you know what's going on. But they're far, far away, and there is nothing you can do to help them through this situation. That is so nerve-wracking mm. for a parent. We're going to talk about that next. If your kids have ever done this to you, we'd love to hear from you. So your kids, they, they reach out, they text you. They're in crisis They're far, far away, and there is nothing you can do to help Hmm. them, not even give them advice. That happened to my friend Julie the other day. Her son, Andrew, is in South Korea. He's on this trip of a lifetime teaching English to South Korean kids, and um, he's loving it. Well, he decided to go on a date, and he met up with this young woman who's from South Korea, and she says... This was fun. You need to go because the subways shut down at midnight here in South Korea. And he's like, yeah, whatever. So he gets on the subway and he's chugging along trying to get back to the apartment where he lives. And uh, subway stops. It's midnight. You get off. Wow. Wherever you are. No kidding. And he texts his mom, my friend Julie. Of course. And says, (laughs) guess what? Subway stop at midnight here. I got a three and a half hour walk home. It's already midnight. (laughs) And my phone's at 19% and I'm using my phone as my GPS to walk home. That's how I'm going to figure out how to get home. And she's like, (laughs) okay, first of all, I wish you hadn't told me that. (laughs) And then he was screenshotting her like, he was trying to conserve his battery, so he screenshot uh-huh. her like every like thirty minutes. Her his last known location, location, so that if something happened to him, she could at least tell someone this is where my son was last seen. Mm. Can you imagine what a harrowing three and a half hours as a mom? So I'm wondering, have your kids ever done that to you? Mm. They're in another country. They're in the other side side of this country, and they let you know they're in crisis, but 
you literally cannot help them at that moment. They just want you to know <laughs> for and, whatever right. reason. Has it ever happened to me? See all these gray hairs on the side of my head? <laughs> yeah, those are earned for my kids doing stuff like that. Talking about those times your kids are far, far away from home and they're in, a, they're in some trouble and there's nothing you can do to help them. Uh, it's happened a bunch of times where my kids have called and, and they've needed backup and we did help them. My daughter, Autumn, was away at church camp and called at midnight. We got this call. Uh, Autumn is not feeling well. She's sick. Can you come get her? So, whoa, being dead at midnight. I took one of the dogs with me and I drove three hours. Oh. <laughs> and this church camp was like down abandoned dirt road kind of thing. Like GPS couldn't get you there. It was bad. It was bad. But dad, dad's got to do what a dad's got to do. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think a kid can appreciate that. Until they have their own kids. Exactly. Because <laughs> she, to this day, no doesn't idea. appreciate it to the level that she should. So it was three hours there, three hours back. I left at midnight. I got home at 6 a.m. Oh, your wife must night. have been so worried about you, too. Slept the whole day the next day. But um, uh. our son, Kyle, you guys know he's a musician, right? He took a gig with a band he had never played with before. And Kyle doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't do any of that stuff that people associate with touring musicians. Mm -hmm. He had never played with this band before. He got out to this festival. It was in the desert in Utah, country music festival. And these guys were partiers. Uh-oh. And after they played their set, they all disappeared. And Kyle was like, we got to drive back to Salt Lake City to catch a, a plane at like six o'clock in the morning. I don't even think these guys are going to show up. Oh man! So we navigated getting him a rental car. He got an Uber from the middle of nowhere, Uber to the rental car place that the guy stayed open an extra hour for him to get there. He took a rental car from in the middle of nowhere, like some little small airport all the way to Salt Lake City to the hotel. And then he Ubered the hotel to the airport, but we, we helped him quarterback. Was he the only that. guy who made the flight out of the whole band? No, the other guys were on the plane, he said, but they looked awful. Oh. <laughs> and they they like didn't he they didn't talk to him and he was just like not not taking a gig with them again. Because wow. everyone says up front in that business, Oh yeah, we're totally professional. And then you get to the gig and they are anything but <laughs> totally Scary. professional. But yeah, and as a parent, helping him quarterback that that wasn't easy. Kev, I think I found the perfect job for your retirement. You always joke that you're going to be a Walmart greeter because you love talking to people. My wife, um, we went on a road trip the other day and she said midway through the road trip, you don't stop, do you? You talk more than anyone I've ever met in my life, male, and female. She claims that when I have nothing to say, I'll just like sing or make noises. Yes. You're constantly <laughs> vocalizing. It never stops ever. And so with that no, background ju no knowledge. judgment here. By no the way. judgment at all. It's just a fact. Um, you, my friend, can get paid to talk yeah. to a tree. There's a website, mm. trees.com, and the pay is not too shabby. All you have to do is talk to your plants and trees and post about it on social media. And apparently, more than half of the U.S. population talks to their plants and trees. Who no knew? kidding. Um, I have never talked to plants and trees before. I talked to birds. I talked to chipmunks, I talked to squirrels, dogs, never talked to trees or plants. Hmm. But guess what the pay is? How much? $48,000. All right, I'm in. Just to talk to trees. <laughs> you should apply at trees.com. I've never done it, but I'm willing to learn. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Not too shabby. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe you'd like run out of words, so then you'd give your wife Tracy a break from all the talking. Huh. Well, if I... Hmm. No, I don't think I would. <laughs> you could just start like a little battle, like 
Hey, Tree. Did you, did you hear what the ficus was saying about you? <laughs> <laughs> the ficus. Did you hear what the tree was saying? <laughs> right? You could start a little little battle between yeah. the between the vegetation vegetation there. So when my wife and I would go on a, a road trip, uh, I think we make a pretty good team. Uh, I don't call it GPS. My wife's name is Tracy. I call it TPS. <laughs> she tells me where to go and what to do. We we, we usually usually it works out pretty good, but we do have our moments. Going to talk about those moments next. <laughs> One of the things you grow in, I think, in marriage is understanding uh, that you both will have different driving styles. Th- that is going to be a given, right? Oh, you are yeah. not going to drive the same, and the expectations of how to drive are going to be different. So my wife and I just went on a, a road trip the other day, and here's what um, what I've found. Music, I like it louder. Speed, I like it faster. <laughs> Distance between cars, I'm way more comfortable with the cars being closer. Tracy would prefer it quieter, slower, and a lot less closer to the cars in front Mm. of us. And she will make suggestions about those things as we're driving. And at one point, in a rather lighter moment, I said, ooh, aren't we being bossy? And she very quickly, as if she had already thought this through, said, I'm not bossy. I make suggestions with enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Oh, we're, man. We're, we're a pretty good team driving, except for those those couple things. Like every every now and then, she'll be like, "Can I please turn this down?" Or she she has the app on her phone for directions, and she'll tell me, you know, like, you know, "Hey, you got a turn coming up," and it, and it also shows the speed. And she'll, I'll know I'm going too fast. She'll go, "How fast do you think you're going right now?" And I'll take my foot off the gas, and I'll go too fast. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, so we 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 have evolved into a pretty good team driving together. Coming up, have you ever tried to get someone the perfect gift and it was the epic fail instead? Hey, have you ever tried to find the perfect gift for someone and it was an epic fail? There's a woman in Wales named Lisa thought she'd find the per- found the perfect gift for her son-in-law at a thrift shop. So she goes in there, Kev, and it's a KFC branded coffee mug okay. with the name Shane on it. Her son-in-law is named Shane. And he's a huge fan of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay. So she's like, this is the perfect gift. I have to get it for him. Uh, and so she got it, and his face dropped. He goes, I just donated that to the thrift store last week. <laughs> what are the chances? She's going to keep it because, you know, it's such a great story, and mm-hmm. she's going to put his tea in the mug every time he comes for a visit. The thrift store boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Are some of the most family-friendly jobs for moms and dads? Which ones are they? They talked to parents of 2 to 17-year-olds and said flexible hours and working from home are the two biggest things companies can do Mm -hmm. to take the stress off parents' shoulders. So what are the top careers that are most family-friendly? Survey says teaching assistant, psychology, third place goes to health and social care, second place child care, and the number one most family-friendly career is... I would guess. I would guess teacher, because you get a couple of months mm. off every summer and you know, get to spend it with the kids. Yeah, for some reason, teacher assistant made the top five, but not teacher, probably because of all the work you take home with you. Number one went to counseling, mm. most family-friendly profession. Yeah, I guess you could set your own hours, mm-hmm. and you could counsel your own kids. <laughs> yeah, there you go. How did that make you feel? (laughs) When mommy said clean your room, how did that make you feel? No, wait. Hold your answer till after you clean your room. (laughs) 
Hey, do you think you could survive on just a dollar a day? Oh, yeah. I could, yeah. Do, I could do it for less than that. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm impressed. Well, there's this woman named Catherine. She's 26 years old. She lives in the UK, and she's known for her budgeting hacks, and she's decided to get it, give it a try. So uh, she figured it out, and she's sharing her secrets, and here's the deal. She bought mostly basic ingredients from a discount grocery store, because think about it. The grand total of your grocery bill for the week has to be no more than $7. Mm-hmm. That's a dollar a day. So she made a dish and ate the same thing three times a day for seven days in a row. There you go. That's how she pulled it off. <laughs> Ugh. Wow. So seven bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Could totally do that. Could totally do that. You don't think you could do it? Ugh. If you had to do it. If I had to, I guess. I'm not but... saying like on a dare and day two, you go, mm-hmm. okay, this stinks. I'm, I'm not doing this. I mean, you had to do it. I think I'd probably eat oatmeal every day because that See? fills you up. See, you could buy a thing of oatmeal. Now you're thinking. Just eat oatmeal. Go to the dollar week. store, buy the big thing of oatmeal, right? Mm-hmm. Don't use milk. Mix it with water. Yeah. There, there, there you're only a dollar down. No sugar. Yeah. No walnuts. No blueberries. You could get you a dollar six pack of, uh, of soda and just have... Three quarters of one a day. (laughs) I think I just drink water. Coming up, how do you like the idea of working four longer days a week instead of five shorter days? How do you feel about the idea of four longer work days per week instead of five shorter days a week? Mm. Sounds like a dream come true, right? Well, they're doing the biggest experiment with this ever in the UK right now. With 70 companies and halfway through the six-month trial, zero loss of productivity. No kidding. With some companies actually seeing an increase in how much people are getting done. Close to 90% of these participants, you know, the companies that are are doing this thing, are extremely likely to consider keeping the four-day work week in place long after the experiment is over. (gasps) <gasps> Wouldn't that be so great Four day work to have week? three day weekends? I'd yeah. way rather work a longer day. So what would that mean to us? Like a six hour show, four days a week? I guess, but I can't <laughs> see it ever happening in radio, but I would so be for it. I don't know about you, but um, there is time. There are times when you're experiencing things that people all experience every single day and you're completely in the dark about it. And then a light comes on. You're like, oh. So that's what that's like. I'll tell you what happened in just a minute. I don't know if this happens to you where it is so normal to other people and you're like, I don't know what that's like. And then when you experience it, you're like, oh, that's what that's like. I was the other day, Kev, with my friend Cammie and her two daughters and we were driving to this event and I drove and her daughters are so fun and so adorable and so vivacious and lively and they play really well together. And there was a lot of noise coming from the back seat and trying to drive in really heavy traffic and like, wait, what was that? Oh, wait, no, that's just the girls. That, oh, wait. Oh. It was a really interesting experience <laughs> for me. I, you'd think as someone who has 11 nieces and nephews that I would kind of know what that's like. But usually I think like one of my sisters drives when we have the kids. Mm-hmm. But I was the driver and it was like, and then like coming home, it was pitch dark. And um, my friend Cammy handed her phone back to one of her daughters because she's like, oh, you have a message from one of your friends. You have a text. And the glow of the phone in the dark, I kept thinking, is someone behind me? Oh, wait, no, that's just the glow of the phone. (laughs) And I know you're looking at me like, this is a revelation to you, Taylor. But when you don't have your own kids, 
everything is new. Everything is different. Yeah. And it it's wild. There was one time there was a noise. I was like, did I hit something? Wait, what was that? Oh, no, that's just the girls <laughs> in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. So funny. You, you haven't lived until you have screamed. If you don't settle down, we're turning this car around. <laughs> Ooh, see, I've never done that. My dad has to us five girls, but not me. <laughs> right. That's that's when you know you've you've really hit the point of driving with loud kids in the car. Yeah, we had It's a whole new experience. Four four kids, five dogs all at one time. Oh yeah. That's that's living. <laughs> but I'm glad you had that experience. That's funny. Taylor was sharing she just had the the awesome experience of trying to drive with screaming kids in the car. It's very distracting, right? And I'd said, like, you haven't lived until you've yelled, I'm going to turn things don't quiet down. I'm turning this car around right now. And has any parent ever followed through <laughs> on that threat to turn this car around right now? I can tell you, yes. My mom did. Really? Yeah, but the, the sad part is we never even got to the car. She told my brother and I, if we didn't have our rooms clean, we were going to the beach for the day. You could drive to the beach for the day from where we lived uh, when I was a kid. We're going to the beach for the day. And she said, you got to clean your rooms first. So my brother and I thought we were really smart. We just shoved everything under our beds. Ooh. We're like, hey, room's clean. Let's go. My mom's like, I'm checking. Sure thing, mom. Come on up. And first place she looked was under, under the, the bed. bed. <laughs> and she started pulling everything out. And she's like, this isn't put away. This isn't put away. This isn't put away. We're not going. <gasps> now, I don't know how the conversation between my dad and her went after, you know, my dad had gotten everything ready. And but <laughs> yeah. Ooh, especially if he had made sandwiches, packed so, a cooler, right. you know, everything was car with gassed, the car was gassed up the night before. Dad took the day off the whole bit. And mom decided we're not going because they shoved everything under I the bed. I feel bad for the parents because you got the parents get punished too. Yeah, well, I felt bad for me um, because I listened to my brother instead of putting stuff away. It was his bright idea. And we learned a very valuable lesson too. When mom tells you to clean the room, don't shove everything under the bed. When you've got a perfectly good closet to shove everything into. <laughs> <laughs> a mom picked up the wrong child from daycare. And they called the police on her. Now, before you think it's a pregnancy brain or sleep deprivation that comes with motherhood, here's the whole story. Brianna's friend asked her to help out by picking up her child, whom she had never met, from daycare and babysit until she got home from work. Well, she gave the daycare her name and the child's name, and a member of the staff returned with the child. And Brianna's like, okay, this is so-and-so. She confirmed the name of the kid again. She got home and was preparing a snack when the older sibling came out of the bedroom and said... That's not my brother. <laughs> right then the phone rings and it's the police questioning her. Wow. So she takes the child back and that kid had the same name but was in a different class. Wow. So a lot of people are like, hey, that's on the daycare. That's not Brianna's fault. But what a story. <laughs> I got the wrong kid. Wow. Coming up, is this women's new superpower at work? Could this be a woman's power move at work more and more women are letting their hair go gray and they don't care what you think about it it all started during the pandemic women feel free from the money and time spent in the salon chair and a new acceptance of this new phase of life they feel more authentic and confident and they know there are biases against older women but they've decided they just don't care Uh, other women tried going gray uh, like my friend pam she gave it a good shot, and she just missed her strawberry blonde hair. Hmm. So she 
went went on back to yeah, her, to that. Wife, but uh, a lot of people stay. My wife let hers uh, go during COVID. She thought if there was ever a good time to mm-hmm. let it go gray and let it grow out, it'd be now. And it's almost fully grown out. Oh, as, fun. Uh, as gray. And what, what I'm hoping that signals is this ridiculousness that a woman's value is is connected to her ability to remain looking like she's 20 forever. Right. Because that is just dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a billion dollar industry out there can, trying to convince you that that's your value and your worth. And, and it's not. Right. And it's just ridiculous. And if you want to see how awesome Tracy's hair looks, you can go to the Kevin and Taylor socials. There you Some go. great pictures over there. So do you ever feel like life can become just this endless thing of, uh, uh, I don't know, counting carbs and calories, counting your calorie intake, making sure you get in a certain number of minutes of exercise every day? Why? So you can try to be high school skinny and stay young looking for people you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of silly. What do you think? Would love to hear if this is making sense to you. Give us a call. So I'm not sure why I'm so passionate about this. Maybe it's because I was raised by my mom. But this whole idea that women, their value is connected to how how young looking, how skinny, how wrinkle free they can appear for as long as possible is absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's a double standard because when guys go gray, it I always think of Richard Gere. It's considered distinguished. So here here's what I'm thinking. Why put all the emphasis on that, and why not put it put the emphasis on things that are really important? Like my wife, I, th- I think of her, and she has given her life to raising our four kids. That's been her life's work. Our four children are her life's work, period. And she has done a fantastic job of that. Is it reasonable to expect a woman who has birthed four children and then spent her days... Getting them ready for school, worrying about them while they're at school, doing stuff for school, making sure that they're all ready to go after school and driving them from point A to point B to C, D, E, and F, then getting them home, making them dinner and doing all this stuff she's supposed to somehow fit in there. Oh, you need to look fabulous all the time, too. It's nuts. I mean, that is like a prescription to drive yourself crazy. So absolutely not. My encouragement, I'm not encouraging anyone not to be healthy. Of course not. But this idea of saying, remember there used to be a commercial years ago that said, don't you want to be high school skinny? Think about this for a guy. That would mean for me, if I was going to be high school skinny, <laughs> I'd have to have a 28-inch waist. That that was my waist when I graduated. I looked like a scarecrow. you know. But for some reason, that's totally, that's the push on women. No guy would ever be expected to do that. But for women, that's like what your worth is assigned to. So my encouragement to you, if you've struggled with that, or maybe you're struggling with it right now, is just find your value, number one, in Christ, and then number two, in your, your family, and your spouse, and your kids, and in your, your life's work. I mean, sure, we all, we all want to look our best, but that doesn't mean be fanatical about it and kill yourself trying to attain something that, by the way, the industry telling you to attain that knows you'll never get there. <laughs> That's the beauty of their industry. So... I hope that gives you some encouragement and maybe gives you let you catch your breath for a minute today and get off of that treadmill. How does that how do you feel about all that? Does anything I just said resonate with you? Would love to hear from you. 
Hey, Courtney, it's Kevin and Taylor. So we're talking about all the pressure that women have to stay looking young. Have you experienced that yet? So I have a little bit, but I've also seen it already starting at such a young age. I'm a school teacher, and it goes on both sides of women that are trying to lose weight and women that are really skinny because some girls are just very naturally tiny. I'm also one of those females. But um, I see, like, bigger girls shame them and tell them, like, oh, why don't you eat something and stuff like that. It's just the pressure so young, and it truly breaks my heart. I just try to tell them all that your identity isn't what you look like, and it's not on social media. Because they see all of these women that are, like, putting themselves out there, catfishing the world, that they're perfect all the time. Mm. Right. And our identity is who we are in Christ and what he's done for us. That's all that matters. Absolutely. I tell them all the time. I'm like, God made you, and that's enough. Like... That makes mm, you beautiful yeah. in yourself. Wow. Wow. Man, I would want my kids, if I had kids, to be have you as a teacher. Courtney, you no sound kidding. awesome. <laughs> Thank you.